All right. Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S. from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater currently in Newark, New Jersey. All right. Today is Thursday, September 14th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 98, third paragraph, starting with now the domestic problem. We're reading through two paragraphs ending with less we pay the penalty by a spree and comments will be on both. Today's readers are for the 12th step, Sarah S, 12 traditions, Robin S. Readers will be Deborah R and Katie G. The reference numbers or share IDs for Wednesday, yesterday, September 13th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 10417, and the 10 a.m. Eastern is 10429. All right, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I, oh, I will now ask Lynn S., sorry, not Sarah, to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, Lynn S. I will now ask Robin S. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. I am Robin S. from Connecticut, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for this opportunity to be of service this morning. Thank you, Robin S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book, and we are on page 98. We're in the third paragraph that starts with now the domestic problem, reading through two paragraphs ending with lest we pay the penalty by a spree, and comments will be on both paragraphs, <clears throat> and Deborah R. will be our first reader. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Um, now the domestic problem. There may be divorce, separation, or just strained relations. When your prospect has made such reparations as he can to his family and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put those principles into action at home. That is, if he is lucky enough to have a home. Though his family, or through his family, or though his family be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. 
Argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do, but it must be done if any results are to be expected. If persisted in for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. The most incompatible people discover they have a basis upon which they can meet. Little by little, the family may see their own defects and admit them. These can then be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. After they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. These things will come to pass naturally and in good time provided. However, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. Of course, we all fall much below this standard many times, but we must try to repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty by a spree. And I'll start my alarm. Um, the um, It is very good. Um, basically, what I glean from this um, couple paragraphs is I have to stick to my side or the as the uh, food addict that's the one that made the mess um, that I need to take care of my side of the street and not point any fingers over there because there's always three fingers pointing back um, and it's a steady um, course like going up a hill and there's times I'm going to slide back but it says to continue to be persisted for a few months. The effect on a man's family is sure to be great. That our own demonstration of the principles of the program of, of unity, of love, of forgiveness are all very, very important to mending that family situation. And it's not easy. I remember once when my husband um, said, you know, I just don't know if I, you know, we need to be married anymore. And it, it he said, you're like a, um, a beautiful hummingbird. And we love our hummingbirds because we've got a couple of feeders. And they're, you love to watch them fly and, and their wings and their colors are spectacular. But when I Deborah gets to be Deborah, I can just sit there and peck at him with a um, with the beak and 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 not give up. And um, he says that's very hard. And and uh, by the grace of God, I just kept my mouth shut, and we're still married here seven years later. But um, it, you know, I really had to um, swallow my pride, my ego, and and. And, and look at my side of the street and, and start taking more responsibility to go take the higher road. And um, with that, I will pass. Thank you, Deborah. Okay. Who would like to share on the paragraph that were just read? Janice M. Janice M. Let's see. Oh, Melissa C. Melissa Dorita C. P. Rita Beth B. B. I can't hear somebody C. Beth B. Beth. 
Yes, Beth B. As in boy. Beth B. Sorry. That's okay. All right, well, we'll stop there. Our lineup is Janice M., Melissa C., Dorita P., Beth C. If everybody will press star one, and we will start with Janice M., followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you and everyone in New Jersey. Um, God bless you all. Okay, my name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, accepting a lot of things today. <laughs> and uh, you will find out acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. All right, so now we see that, that we, we, you know, talked about this, helping other people. Now we have to practice this in the hardest place that I know of, that I have experienced, and that's in my home, you know. I thought that, oh, I was wonderful because, you know, I, I stopped eating, you know. I thought that was great. Everything should be okay now. Well, that's just the beginning. Believe you me, I have to practice these principles in my home. There was a lot, a lot of time that I was, you know, in a battleground. I was creating an atmosphere of battle. And, you know, war begets war and peace begets peace. And um, my family will tell you that. <laughs> and um, so the elimination of eating is just a beginning. Now we have to practice it in the home. Like I said, the hardest place. Because my behavior, even though I wasn't eating, really aggravated my husband and my son. Because I still couldn't cope with life, you know, just because I, <laughs> just because I stopped eating. Um, so the whole idea here is here is for me to uh, the recovered person to create a different attitude and believe you me it's like it's catchy and if it's catchy it's catchy but in my family it helped somewhat that I changed I, I, I couldn't concentrate on what they were doing um, because if I wasn't like it said point the finger and uh, the atmosphere like I said was a was a battleground but when they when they see with their eyes that I'm demonstrating a different attitude and I'm not complaining as much for one day because it goes up and down, um, I'm more considerate, I'm more thoughtful, then, um, you know, things start to change. And um, the biggest thing I have to work on is my tongue. My, uh, I have to learn, and it's very hard, but I do it the help of my higher power to pause, to breathe, to breathe in my higher power and breathe out Janice. And that helps to eliminate the emotions that get built up in me, whether I'm eating or not, um, and, and, and how I judge and criticize. Um, so, you know, and notice it, it's, it's the home. They talk about the home first. They don't talk about a job or anything else, because this disease is a plague. And you know what a plague is? A plague is a highly infectious disease. And uh, that's what happens. It's an epidemic. And that's when I will pass. And thank you very much. Pass now. Thank you, Janice M. Next up is Melissa C., followed by Dorita P. Hi, good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, until we're practicing this in our home, um, it's all theory. 
like it's all really great talking points. Um, we can have, I can have awesome conversations and dialogues with sponsees and, and recovered people and people who are helping me, and it's all in theory. But the hardest place, the t you know, when it's really called to task, is in my house, is, is practicing these principles in the home. And, um, you know, God gave me this family, and, um, and I must learn from them. I must learn from them and, and be the example. And so the word that really jumped out at me was demonstrate, demonstration. You know, what my family does not need um, is my talking points. Like, they've heard enough talk out of me for a lifetime. Um, I need to, to act it. I need to demonstrate it. And so, you know, like my my 16-year-old daughter had some drama on social media with, like, some of her girlfriends a while ago or her ex-girlfriends. And, um, you know, what do I tell her? Like, right away, I'm coming at her with advice. You know, I'm telling her to um, go and make amends. You know, like, name your part and, and go clean it up. And, um, and, then I'm, and then I'm advising her to, like, you know, uh, see it from the other person's perspective, say the sick man's prayer. And, you know, she turned and said to me, um, Mom, can't you just take my side? And I realized, you know what, I'm talking at her. I'm not demonstrating anything. I'm, I'm treating her like a sponsee. She's not my sponsee. My family is not my, they're not my protégés. Um, demonstration. And so... I had to not give so much advice. And, you know, the amends actually had to come from me. I had to apologize and say, I'm trying to manage you. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to run the show. How about just let you be 16? And, um, and I apologized. You know, I said, I'm sorry. You know what? Would you like me to just listen? And I realized, like, that's love. Love and tolerance means um, just showing up and listening. And, you know what, if the sick man's prayer needs to be prayed for other people that she's run into problems with, I can do that prayer. That could be private. I don't necessarily have to tell her what to do. And, um, and so I demonstrate it. I act it. You know, and, and my hope is that, um, like, like the plague, this is our new plague. This is the new thing that they may be able to catch from me. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Next up is Dorita P. followed by Beth B. Thank you. Hi, my name is Dorita P. from Cleveland. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm really grateful to be here and excited about tomorrow. Um, okay, so uh, it says here, though his family may be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. And argument and false fighting are to be avoided like uh, the plague. Yes. Um, so when I came into the program, I was away at college. Uh, so I didn't have my own home. Uh, and so, but I, I had to do these things with my family. My, um, my school was only 45 minutes away from home. So I would come home um very regularly, you know, often. I would come home often. And so, um and what I did is I I um I blamed everybody, you know, the fault finding. I, I blamed everybody, especially 
my mom. You know, she was number one on the list. Um, but I'm grateful that I read this, that I need to concentrate on my own spiritual demonstration. And um, something else in here. And uh, here it says, um, after they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. I like that perhaps because perhaps uh, some of my family have not come along, you know, in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, these, These things will come to pass naturally and in good time, provided, however, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be that he can be sober, considerate, help and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. Yes. So my uh, focus on is on being in recovery. You know, being abstinent, following the food plan, and taking care of me. You know, um, and and I try to be considerate and helpful when I'm around my family. Um, and it's kind of hard because they're still most of them, all of them, most of them. Everybody, I guess, except for my mom, is are still practicing are still practicing compulsive overeaters. So sometimes it's kind of hard, you know. But I bring my food everywhere I, where I go. So I, I I'm I'm kind of like a like an eyeball in my family. But it's okay. It's okay. So I'm just really grateful for the program and grateful for this chapter, you know, because it teaches me. It, it has it has taught me how to uh, behave in my family. So I'm really grateful for the program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, next up is Beth B. Hello. Good morning. This is Beth B. from Charlottesville, Virginia. I am so, so grateful. I just like to express my gratitude when I first share. I'm just so grateful to be here today. Um, yeah, this paragraph, these couple of paragraphs, uh, I, I, I'm living it <laughs> today. Um, when uh, The thing that jumps out uh, at me specifically is about fault finding, uh, that we need to uh, avoid that like the plague. Um, and it's true that uh, <laughs> there are often times that, that I may be right. I may have like justifiable anger or resentment uh, that, that uh, you know, somebody may be able to say, yeah, I can totally understand that and get on a bandwagon with me. But at the end of the day, um, that, that's, a, that's a waste of my energy. And uh, so uh, as I uh, read this and I have lived it, um, I, I will share a little story about something that happened to me yesterday uh, with my husband um, that, uh, you know, I had locked myself out of the house and he was very angry with me because he had to drive uh, a distance from work to come let me in. And, you know, I, I, I totally understand why. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I totally understand why he uh, was aggravated with me, but at the time, I just didn't like his reaction. I didn't like it, okay? I don't like the way he reacts when he's frustrated, and I wanted to immediately jump in and start to criticize him for the way he reacted to his frustration. So instead, I hung up the phone because I felt that urge to control the situation, and yes, I did hang up on him abruptly, and that probably wasn't 
the uh, the the right thing to do necessarily, but by gosh, I'm not perfect. You know, at least um, I, I'm starting to find that God is starting to speak to me and and and, and uh, get me out of my own head enough to understand that yes, He had a right to be frustrated, and the way He expresses it is none of my business. That's His thing. So. Uh, Ironically, he comes home and I thanked him and he gave me a kiss and he said, uh, you know, it happens and we went about our business for the day. And, uh, you know, honestly, what they say here about they see the demonstration from us, that's playing out in my life because in the past we would have argued all freaking day about that. That would have been an argument. So, um grateful for the program so grateful for vision uh thank you for being there every single morning and with that i'll pass thank you beth b um well this is kelly as recovered in oklahoma and i have to share on this paragraph let me set my timer because god who knows how long i'll talk about this because this was one of those gifts that i really wanted um and read about i've been around for 30 something years and I had always been that, you know, kind of the story from the big book, the guy in the tornado shelter, you know, who'd come out and, you know, I'm abstinent. Who cares whatever damage I've done, right? You know, at least the wind had stopped blowing. And that was all I cared about, you know, was I was abstinent and didn't get the whole idea that I had to change my behavior. And I remember joke, hearing somebody joke years ago that they had the front door syndrome. It's like recovery is really great till you hit that front door and you come in your house. And I want to tell my family, I'm a lot weller than you guys see that I am, you know. And so I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow and be a different person. And I remember, um, so I have two and a half years of recovered abstinence, and I've been with my partner now for 17 years. And probably about, I don't know, four years ago, it's kind of like the story out of Dr. Alcoholic Addict, which I guess is acceptance. I don't know what they've changed it to. But anyway, uh, when his wife, you know, is going, you don't like me. And he's like, no, I like you. You don't love me. Yeah, I don't love you. And finally he's like, you're right, I don't like you. And so Annette had said that to me one time. She's like, I feel like you don't even like me anymore. And I remember that just made me sick because I thought, you know, that's the person I'm being is the people that I love and care about in my life think I don't like them anymore, love them or care about them. And um, so anyway, you know, I worked this program and I'm going to tell you guys, that is so hard. It is so hard being a different person. And I have to get that from my higher power. I can't make myself be a different person any more than I could make myself be abstinent. But this is what's keeping me out of the food is if I don't learn to be a different person, you know, I'm going to look for ease and comfort in something else because I don't like the way that makes me feel anymore, thank God. And this is why I also get to do my inventory. And I have to remind myself, this is why I get to do this. So I just want to share this with you guys. Like, this is a constant thing. You know, I... You know, sometimes my inventories are hardly anything, and sometimes there's a lot more on them, right? And so one of my reoccurring themes is that on my nightly inventory is constantly griping about the selfishness is, you know, she never looks at her part. When is she ever going to look at her? I get tired of looking at my part. No fair. I'm tired of always having to do the work. Oh, and I said this to my sponsor last week. I said, well, you know, selfish again. Why do I always – when is she ever going to get it? This isn't fair. It's, she never does it. And my sponsor said to me, when are you going to get it? She doesn't have to look at her part, and this is your program. And I'm like, ouch. And I just started cracking up. I'm like, oh, my God. When am I going to get it? Here I'm constantly pointing the finger at her. When is she ever going to get it? And you know what? I'm the one working the program. I'm the one who's wanting to get well. And I'm the one who has a higher power today in these 12 steps than you guys and have a way to do life different, you know? 
So today I get to work this program. I get to do my nightly review. I get to, to go to God and, and be a different person. And I'm so grateful I don't have to go back to food today. Just one day at a time trying to be a different person. Anyway, with that, um, let me remind you guys where we are because I'm going to open it up for more sharing. We are on page 98, third paragraph, starting with now the domestic problem, reading through two paragraphs ending with lest we pay the penalty by a spree, commenting on both paragraphs. Who would like to share? Penny C. From Boston. Gina R. Penny C. Kate P. Mary B. Roz R. A.M. Siri K.B. Okay, wait, hang on just a minute. Hang on just a second. I have Penny C., Katie G., Reva P., Mary B., Leah M., Siri K.B. Roz R. Roz R. Jody Q. Barbara Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Um, I have Penny C., Katie G., Reva P., Mary B., uh, Leah M, Sherry R, KB, Sherry K, oh Sherry KB, I have help from afar, and Roz R. All right, so if everybody will press star one, we'll start with Penny C followed by Katie G. Morning, Good morning Kelly, please time me. Hello. Okay. Okay. I need everybody to press star one, please. All right, Penny C, are you there? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, good morning, and thank you, Kelly. I'm Penny C., recovered compulsive overreader from the Boston area, and uh, feeling very disappointed that I won't be at the convention. My college roommate and friend for 53 years passed away uh, earlier this week, and the memorial service is on Saturday at 2. That's where I need to be. But I'm looking at the second paragraph and I'm looking especially where it says, things will come to pass naturally and in good time, provided, however, the al- alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpless, helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. Of course, we fall much below this standard many times. And I'm reminded that second sentence I read you know, we'll never rise above the level of being human. However, what helps me to remain sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what happens, is that 11th-step nightly review. Because I, when I ask myself those questions at night, and I, you know, when I try to reflect on them, it's not only reviewing my day before, it's giving me all that I need to be concerned about in the next day. You know, as my my sister who passed away and was in my this program for many years used to say, that 11th step review gives you your marching orders for the next day. And it certainly does, because I will stay considerate and helpful no matter what anyone says or does, as long as I'm always thinking... Am I kind and loving? Am I, that's my goal, be kind and loving to everybody. And this is something that only worked, works through the 12 steps because this is not who I was before the 12 steps. You know, I, I was not considerate of what I had said, especially. Um, now I learn 
to reflect, to take that sacred pause before I say anything. And um, so this, you know, even though this chapter is right now, we're talking about the family in the sponsee, um, I hear most of us are, are turning it and saying, how do I behave? How does this fit me? Um, with God's help, I'll continue to to um, be considerate and uh, helpful as best I can to other people without so much concern about what's in it for me. And um, that with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Penny C. Next up is Katie G, followed by Reva P. Hello, Ms. Kelly, may I be heard? Yes, you can. Hello, everyone. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, starting my timer in Boston. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I was a single woman in program for a very long time, and I was very lonely, and I was very convinced that I just had to meet a man and get married, and then I would be okay. And everyone said, oh, you know, Katie, like, be careful what you wish for. It's a lot of work. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm Katie G. Like, I can handle it. I can do it. And so I got married, and um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I would say this is the deepest work I've ever done, and I'm so grateful to be blessed by recovered women who are going before me and helping me see, you know, argument and fault-finding is to be avoided like the plague, like it will kill me. And, um, you know, that I need to, like, I will pay the penalty by a spree. I will eat if my behavior continues to demonstrate selfishness and what I want. And it is not easy, and I am blessed by people sharing that. I mean, over the weekend, I had the privilege of doing a 10-step that was so profound for me that I could see the ways in which I was still trying to get my husband to heal wounds from the past, that I was still, I was punishing him for things that had nothing to do with him. And I had the privilege of going to my husband and making an amend like I've never made before. I had the privilege of saying to him, I am insecure. And if that doesn't sound like a privilege, let me tell you, like saying to someone, I am insecure, in my mind, in my limited, no God mind was like, why don't you leave me now? You know, in my not trusting and relying on God mind, that was just giving him permission to walk out the door. And for some reason, by having that frank and candid discussion, by owning my part 100% and not saying anything about him or anything, um, we became free. We became free. Now, that's not to say that I know how to do this. I mean, every day I feel like a newborn. And um, it, what a blessing that we have these 12 steps. Like, I guess the thing that is striking me the most about my recovery recently is, you know, the evolving nature of how I have to continue, or excuse me, I am privileged to continue to go back to step one every day and discover where I am powerless and where I am that, that tornado creating mishigash everywhere I go, creating pain and that without God, I do not know how to do this. And I, um, I just feel so blessed, and I feel blessed that I had enough time in my recovery as a single woman to learn about how to work my program as a single woman without any other responsibilities. So, um, you know, be careful what you wish for, and it's all a blessing. Um, but I have to continue to go deeper and, and, and ask for help and ask how to get broken open by God. And that's by doing the steps over and over again. So I need to show up. I need to humble myself. I must keep learning or I will perish. I will eat. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie G. 
Next up is Reva P. followed by Mary B. Good morning, Reva. Good morning, Kelly. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I just had to share on these paragraphs. These paragraphs um, point out to me the difference between me being a real compulsive overeater and somebody who just is a hard eater or just eats a bit much. Because in addition to the binging and the starving and the crazy behavior around the food, there was a lot of crazy behavior. Um, And it was all about wanting everybody and everything to go my way so that I could be okay. Um, And this is a whole 180 degrees, the opposite. So just like uh, the disease was um, different than just the food, the recovery is also not just about abstinence only. Uh, Abstinence is the foundation, and I certainly need that to start working the steps. But there is a lot of crazy behavior and um, false thinking that goes with this disease. And the hardest place, the hardest, hardest place, I mean, we talked about in the first few pages of the chapter how to be with newcomers and others in the program. That's so much easier than practicing the principles in my affairs, in my house, when I walk in the door from the meeting, when I get off the phone from the meeting. Um, And I certainly did not do that so well at the beginning. Um, And this whole business about seeing tangible results and demonstrating and focusing on my own recovery um, irregardless, you know, what happens when my kids don't do what I ask them to do? What happens when um, something breaks, um, you know, that used to drive me crazy or my plans don't, like, what do I do then? So this whole business of practicing the principles and focusing on me and my behavior and my recovery does not depend on circumstances. It does not depend on other people's behavior. It can't because then I'm always, always in jeopardy. Um, But this is really, really challenging. And it points out here, I have to, I I must do this because um, the other way doesn't work. Where does it say that? Um, I can't find it now, but I've tried it the other way. It doesn't work. So I'm so grateful for the reminder. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Next up is Mary B. followed by Leah M. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered compulsive eater, packing up in Central California, heading out this evening. I have shared my story about um, when I remarried uh, almost 19 years ago and decided I was abstinent, my weight was off, and I was a happy, contented person, but decided that I would try, because of my new lifestyle, controlling the food again. And the result was that in our first year of marriage, my husband packed up completely (laughs) and drove off into the sunset Now I don't remember anymore whether it was actually two times or three times. I always thought it was three times. And I hadn't put weight on. I looked the same. I I knew I had been in program for many years. 
And I called my sponsor at the time and I said, you know, it's really funny, but every time this happens, I've eaten. And I knew that this poor man did not know what wife he was waking up to in the morning. And thank you, God, even though I wasn't working a program like I work today with Vision for You, it was enough for me to know to make amends. And of course, today we are still married. I um, took him, I told him more about my program. He knew. He knew I went to meetings. He knew I had lost weight. He knew uh, something. I have never expected understanding from anyone who doesn't have this disease. Just acceptance. And I, uh, after we got back together, I took him to some meetings and told him more about my disease, shared more with him. The result was that at times he would say, um, let's go someplace today, let's do something. And I would say, oh, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I have a meeting, but I, I go to a lot of meetings and have my phone meetings and everything. We can do this. No, he would say. No, go to your meeting. It's good for you. And he said that so many times. And one day he said, I'll go to your meeting. It's good for you. I looked at him and said, sweetheart, it's good for both of us. And I I just wanted to share this to give hope because he loves the people in this program. He loves taking calls when I'm not around. Time. Um, Thank you, and encourages. He is such a strong supporter of this program. I am very grateful. Thank you very much, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Mary B. Next up is Leah M., followed by Sherry KB. Good morning, Leah. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Thank you. This part of the text is very humbling uh, for me. You know, it says uh, there may be divorce, separation, or just strained relations. It was 30 years ago um, that my very supportive husband, I was i was in Overeaters Anonymous. In fact, he had attended meetings, although he's a normie. Um, but my disease continued to, you know, wrap its talons around my neck. And... Um, you know, my life was deteriorating, and of course his was as well. And uh, so there were talks, discussions about divorce uh, 30 years ago when it was just my husband and I. Um, I entered a rehab facility. Someone in whom the problem had been solved cracked open this text and uh, brought me through the steps. And, uh, you know, steps one through three, put me back together, my relationship with God, who I never really knew. Uh, Steps four through seven, put me back together in a relationship with myself, my attitudes, my outlook, my ideas about life. Uh, Step eight and nine, the reparations, sitting down with my husband. I had been like, it had been like living with a, you know, in a landmine. You never knew, you know, where your foot was going to step and if you were going to blow up. (laughs) 
Um, you know, the text teaches me argument and fault fighting are to be avoided like a plague. That had to start immediately because this anger, this argument, the fault finding, the criticism that I was so good at uh, was to a marriage what the iceberg was to the Titanic. It was just going to be destructive because the reality was that my behavior had aggravated the defects of this loving, supportive husband. Um, I needed a new mind, a spirit-guided mind. I got that through the process of the 12 steps, and I continue, of course, to need that process. I'm obliged to choose between the pains of trying to live this program of recovery, now with my husband, 12 children, and two in-law kids, and the certain penalties of failing to do so. That's my reality. You know, one time my husband pointed out, look how much early, early, early my first year of recovery, look how much work you need to do just to get to zero. Meanwhile, he's working, he's paying the bills, he's being responsible. You know, it's, it's hard on spouses. It's hard on spouses. But the reality is I have a program of recovery where today I can live with a sense of harmony and a sense of unity because the big book is the owner manual for someone like me, the wisdom manual, just wrapping up. It's talking about me. How do I handle me? Not how to handle you, not how to control you, not how to dominate you. How do I handle me? With God's help, I do. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Next up is Sherry KB, followed by Roz R. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Kelly, and everybody on the line. Um, boy, I woke up like a shot this morning. It's pretty early here, but I know why now. <laughs> um, so I'll just jump right in here. Um, fault finding, uh, no arguments, uh, avoid it like the plague. Um, you know, I've I've been around these rooms for a really long time. I've worked the steps in the past, but not like the ones I've worked since I uh, got into a vision for you as far as the part of OA, uh, not apart from, and did it in this book this way because all my life I was living like inside, blaming everything and everybody for how my life was. And I would argue and fault find inside and take your inventory but not say a word, but I'm sure my energy exuded everything. And if you notice, anytime we see the word must, it's like really pay attention. And there's so many musts in here in the next, in these paragraphs that, you know, I must, if I must, um, you know, stop this fault finding and avoid it like the plague. Because I know that love, patience, and tolerance is our code. And, um, that also just to be considerate, helpful, regardless of anyone else or what they do. Um, I have to repair the damage immediately unless I want to pay a penalty by a binge. Um, and I know that for a really long time, there was a lot of good reasons why I, I could tell you why, you know, I could find fault finding. And instead, you know, because of this program, because I do live in 10, 11, and 12, I am constantly taking my own inventory. And I can remember one time, when it was like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and I wanted to call somebody, and I'm not the type to do that, but I remember there was a visionary who lived in uh, Turkey at the time that I could call. And the first thing I thought of, though, I didn't get a hold of her, but the first thing that I went to is I asked myself, Sherry, where did you get the ball rolling? That's, that's what will calm me down faster than anything because I'll, I'll need to do a 10th step. 
and I look at that and I ask, where did I get the ball rolling? And then I go into where was I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid? And by the time, you know, I, it calms me down, I get grounded, I get centered. If I'm wrong, I promptly admit it. I didn't do it at 3 o'clock in the morning, but I'll tell you the difference in, in my marriage today is unbelievably different, unbelievably. And I know it's because of working the steps. I know it's because of keeping my side of the street clean. And the other thing that I do that I've learned that's so important is like when I go in to say to make my amends or to do a living amends, I don't say I'm sorry for my part. I just say I'm sorry for what I have done. I regret what I have done. I don't sit there and make it about them. I don't insinuate they have a part. I clean up my side of the street, and um, I've just noticed a difference in my relationships ever since I've done that. And I'm so grateful to my higher power, so grateful for this group, um, so grateful for living in 10, 11, and 12, and working with sponsees, and um, just learning that love, patience, and tolerance is my code. And especially I've noticed how I'm out in the world. Time. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Next up is Roz R. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. This is Roz R. in Florida. Um, thank you for your service and also looking forward to tomorrow. I'll start my timer. Oi, I said it's for two hours. I oh, no, two minutes. Um, okay, three minutes. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, I've just been so blessed um, by uh, my exposure to vision and to being sponsored through this way and being able to experience the changes that I have after being in program for so many years. I never have, um, I've never been able to do what I do today. And um, God really has a sense of humor because both of my daughters over the last month, I have spent an enormous amount of time with them over situations that I had no control over. I had just gotten back from 17 days in Chicago with my one daughter helping her and um, got to practice uh, these principles in all my affairs, especially at home and this argument and fault finding to be avoided like the plague. I, I, that was easy there. I used my program. I made program calls and I was of love and service. And um, that, that one was not quite as challenging as the uh, hurricane event where we took off very quickly, um, a friend and I, because my daughter in Georgia invited us to come out, only I don't think she really thought we would come. Um, and then we got stranded there. And um, I got to witness a situation that was very trying. And um, uh, I got to see that uh, that even though I have recovered and even though I have changed and I don't yell and scream and, and I accept her the way she is, um, she acted towards me as if I was still eating and binging and came at me um, very hurtfully let's put it that way um with all these expectations and you know um it was really a very stressful situation and i was so grateful to be able to not have to argue to not have to um uh, defend anything but to just let her yell and scream at me um and see that i didn't react the same way anymore she had expectations of me taking over her kitchen and um just so many things that that I forgot, like when I live away from her, she calls me every day and she's so concerned about me. But when I'm in her space, she lives in a very large house and, and she was feeling very trapped by me. 
And yet I've always, always offering, um, what can I do to help? How can I stay out of your way? It didn't matter what I said, because no matter what I said, she wanted to argue with me. And I, I did not argue, but I did have to work the program and I did have to call and do a lot of 10 steps with fellows and they got me through it. And, um, I came away as feeling like an adult, feeling like, um, I was at peace and feeling like the only thing I may have left her is that copy of the big book she'll never read. Um, she had time. Anyway, I'm very grateful to have a program to be able to live with. And um, I look forward to meeting a lot of you guys, or hopefully all of you guys, um, this weekend. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks for your service. Thank you, Razar. And I have time for one more share. Who would like to share? Nadia B. Nadia? All right. It's all yours, Nadia. Thank you very much. Please time me. Um, plague. <laughs> yes, this disease has um, side effects, consequences on our family. And, um, you know, I couldn't see it. Um, I think I really needed um, the work of the staff in order to become aware, to wake up. Wake up, Nadia. <laughs> It's not just eating. And, um, you know, how, how, um, what are the, the effects of controlling, retaliation, criticizing, um, argument finding, fault finding? You know, people um, stop trusting. Um, they were walking around, especially at home, you know, where I spend the most time. And um, nobody knew when I was going to explode. You know, my husband, no matter what I say, you don't know when, when to say what. You know, I would react with those, um, you know, diseased behaviors. And, um, yes, um, there was a lot of um, refer- reparation ahead. And, you know, it's great for me to study this with you, with you because the last paragraph says, of course, we fall all much below the standards many times. And today, I know what the standards are. I know what my higher power's will is. Sobriety is not enough. I have to be considerate and helpful. Try it. Try it on your own. Right, Nadia? Did you try it? I have tried. Um, but I needed help. I need a lot of help still today. And, um, you know, to learn how to be considerate, how to be helpful. And I use the steps. I practice the steps like I'm still dying today because everything will die if I don't practice this. The effects are still there. Um, And this tree, you know, is a death of me. And here is, um, you know, a warning for me. And that's why I, I love this book. Because it gives me what happens, you know, the promises, uh, which, you know, the family heals. Or if I don't practice it, if I still do my way, if I still go into controlling retaliation, if I don't grow towards those standards, I will go back. I will pay the penalty by the spree. And what does the spree mean for me? It means death. I've seen it with my own eyes. I felt it with my own body when I first started it. And today, you know, I've grown a lot. 
but I have not grown um, perfect. And um, so today, by thank you, by practicing the twelve steps, living in ten, eleven, and twelve, I get to um, grow and repair the damage. And looking forward to seeing you all, um, and have a great day. Thank you, Nadia B. Okay. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, September 14th, is 10431. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, Kelly. May I be heard? Yes. Wonderful. A vision for you, Big Book, page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.